Hi, Introtech Business Series. Thank you for the good work that you're doing. Your podcasts are always interesting, thought-provoking, and educational. I am Ines, and I'm following you from Johannesburg, South Africa. Hi, everybody. Um, sure that you are having a great start of the week. I'm sure that the majority of us rested during the weekend, especially with um, Lagos. It's been a whole lot of um, traffic. I saw the block, the Third Milan Bridge, and so majority of us were stuck on the mainland on the weekend. So uh, how was your weekend, Amola? Yeah, my weekend was was restful. A good time for me to rest, actually. A lot of activities during the week, so it was a good time for me to rest. But, uh, but I mean, the week generally was, was quite interesting, you know. Hearing news as regards some insurtechs on the African continent, you know, getting investments was quite uh, positive news that, you know, really just made me happy and to see a lot of movements on that front, especially on the African continent. Exciting times ahead. This week's um, speaker is an amazing person. She's a thought leader in the insurance space. You know, someone who has had several experiences from different continents, from different places. You know, bringing that into the Nigerian space, we're expecting to see you know m- more of these experiences play out in our market space. And with the fact that you know she's able to understand. She's learning about the market again. Is something that's worthy of note, and I mean, it's important that we watch out for that. So I'm super excited. Not just the fact that she's a female; she's one of the leaders for the existing insurance companies in Nigeria. You know that that passion is there to also drive the changes in Nigeria and also try as much as possible to increase the um, penetration index rates, which I think is fantastic. What do you think about her, Damola? I definitely can't wait to, to share that conversation. We're looking forward to, to I mean, a lot more engagements like this one from a lot of other industry professionals. You know, you've said it all, right? She's uh, such an amazing person who has been um, engaged in a lot of things, especially in the insurance space. On the African continent, you know, helping her company to, to expand their reach in the East African part of, of the continent. And, and so it's interesting to see how she's coming to the Nigerian market now, you know, leading the Nigerian business of, of the worldwide insurance group of, of our company. On that note, we'll be having the most amazing Adeolu Adeolizer, the MD CEO of Alliance Nigeria. I'm sure that you would enjoy the conversation with her, and so we would advise that you don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. is officially our you know, first podcast as this year as you mentioned and we're super excited about that so good morning good morning for me all right so, um, you could tell us about your background and experience generally um, insurance or outside insurance mm-hmm. okay sure so i uh, one 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 uh misinformation maybe out there that I need to correct is that I am a Nigerian. So despite the, okay. <laughs> the, the, the last three letters of my last name and, the, and, my, and my American accent, uh, born in Nigeria, ha- hold a Nigerian passport. My two boys have their Yoruba names. So very much through and through a Nigerian. However, I have been uh, for a long time a global nomad. Uh, that's the term I like to use. Uh, having uh, started in the U.S., moved to Europe, uh, also worked in, in Asia, and, and then now in, in Africa, first thing first, uh, based in Nairobi. Started as an actuary, uh, funnily enough, 20 plus years ago in the U.S., but I've always had, uh, even as a child, an absolute conviction and passion for the immense potential that we have and see in the African continent. And so every move I took uh, from when I moved to Germany with the idea that, okay, if it's not Africa, at least I'm in the same time zone as Nigeria. Uh, even <laughs> even when I moved to, to Turkey, uh, uh, developing market, not as developed as the West, uh, but maybe 
be more of a transitional market. And uh, my my last position in in Nairobi, um, uh, doing running mergers and acquisitions for Alliance in Africa, all of it with the goal to really drive growth and transformation across our beautiful continent. And now I'm really thrilled since September to be now running our Alliance subsidiary in Nigeria, where we are in the midst of preparing for a, a fantastic 2021 year where we want to really transform ourselves for the new post-COVID, not quite post, but we'll call it the post-COVID area, <laughs> what we're calling Alliance 2.0. That's great. Uh, so before we go into the whole uh, insurance thing, I mean, really delving into all of this conversation, mm-hmm. you now, like, how are you? Uh, I mean, like you, like you mentioned just now, I mean, moving into the Alliance 2.0, yes. Uh, that has been necessitated by all of the activities of the past year, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But from you personally now, how are you? How have you been? And then how has it been moving like majorly now into Nigeria? I'm doing great. I'm super excited about 2021. I started it off with uh, spending some time with my brother and, and his two teenage children who came to visit us in Nairobi. It was the children's first time ever in Africa, having been born in the States. Wow. Uh, my first, uh, my brother's first time outside of Nigeria. We spent uh, about a week and a half uh, exploring Nairobi, exploring Kenya, had a really great time and I just felt very refreshed after having that family. With all the moves, I've always been very distant uh, in, in terms of uh, physical, mm. physically distant from, from my family. So mm-hmm. it was really great uh, to have that time after not having seen uh, my brother for such a long time, to have all the cousins together, mm. have, getting to know each other for the mm. first time. So mm. I, this, you know, despite the, the tough 2020 year that we've gone through, I'm, I'm starting 2021 feeling very positive about the future. Oh, okay. That's amazing, really. But um, aside Aside what you feel about, um, I mean, aside family work and all of that, but coming to the Nigerian market now, mm-hmm. initiating the Alliance 2.0, how do you feel about the Nigerian market? Do you think that there's going to be great progressivity over time? Or um, you just think it's a different ballgame from what you've been exposed to? I, I would say that every market has its peculiarities. Every market is different, uh, but there are definitely similarities if you're within this, it's the same sector between markets. Nigeria is not an easy market. I don't think that's anything I need to tell anybody, but it has such immense potential. And that's what I find so excited about the, the Nigerian market. So when we think about what happened in 2020, uh, which was really unprecedented in our in our own lifetime, uh, we've had mm. uh, global pandemics in the past, but uh, I think for the three of us on the phone, we were not alive during that time. And, <laughs> and, and so this is something that really impacted the entire world. It impacted each of us personally in different ways, and in, and Nigeria was no different. Uh, the, the the economy was just hit by the decrease in oil prices. Uh, we had uh, strict lockdown restrictions in Nigeria, uh, uh, as similar to to other countries. So you just had basically the, the entire world working or sitting at home. Uh, trying to drive the economy from the confines of their four walls. And that's not easy. But what we have here in Nigeria is that we have such a young population. We have a growing population. We are the still the, the largest economy uh, by far and the largest population by far in, in Africa. And no strategy, no Africa strategy can be complete when you don't look at us here in Nigeria. So if you if you look at the potential and I, and I know that the, the insurance penetration has been quite quite low when you compare it to other countries, even when you compare it to other African countries here in Nigeria. But I see it as that that just shows how much potential there is. Uh, I've always been a glass half full kind of girl. And so when I started in the African market and Nigeria was, it was being uh, d- downplayed as only having 0.3 penetration, and now we're hovering just mm. under one. 
and that's only in in a few years. So just think of where we can go from there. And we need to do more. We need to do much, much more. I would say we need to do 10 times more if we look at the global average Mm. of about 10% uh, insurance penetration. So, and that means we need to really focus on the mass market. We need to focus on retail. Uh, We need to uh, take our focus a bit away from the huge corporate clients, the oil and gas, the aviation Mm. sectors who know about insurance and understand the risks that Mm. they need to face with. But the the woman on the street who uh, is selling bananas to me, the the guy who's going on his motorcycle uh, making deliveries, what do they know about insurance? And do they understand the Mm. risks that that they face each day? The the safety net, that's what I like in insurance. It's really a safety net that when, God forbid, when something happens, that uh, you have someone there who can stand by your side. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Adebo Ali Banjo. I'm co-founder, CEO at MyCover.ai, and we are building Africa's digital insurance infrastructure. For the latest news on insurance technology in Africa, keep listening to InsurTech Business Series and stay updated. You mentioned there about what is applicable in some other markets, even in, in Africa. From your experience, on the eastern part of, of the African continent. Uh, what did you see then? Or what, what was your experience then? I mean, working with you know mergers and acquisitions. I mean, I know you, you worked on the, uh, the Jubilee partnership mm-hmm. with, with Allianz and, and Jubilee mm-hmm. Insurance. I'm sure that, I mean, going into that, that kind of deal, you'd have done a lot of research and assessment of the market. How is that market? And, and what do you think that we can learn from that market? Because we have had conversations with people from that part of, of the continent. And, and we've seen a lot of things that mobile technology is, for example, doing in that mm-hmm. space and, and some of the things that the regulator, for example, is doing. Well, you being on the ground there at some point in time, what, what, what was that place like and what can we draw from there? Yes, and you've touched on, on, on two good ones. So I would say there are three areas I've seen uh, in, in the East African market that we could really learn from. Uh, technology would be one. Uh, so the, the way that uh, that they've really been able to leapfrog, I would say, the West in terms of technology and PESA being mm-hmm. the, the biggest example in terms of mobile mm-hmm. mobile money and the fact that M-PESA has 90% penetration in Kenya. That That's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a technology I had been reading about already 10 years before, before I moved to the country. And I have been just tremendously excited about the potential that we can that we can have when we have actually have a mobile money system that works consist- consistently across the country uh, and even across the continent if we, when we get to that space. Uh, the second one would be uh, the focus on customer uh, versus product that that's a shift that we really need to make and that we're starting to see being made uh, across the continent and across the world where it's no longer about uh, pushing a life product or pushing a motor product or a fire uh, but really sitting with each of our customers and 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 talk to them about where they are and what they're used to seeing from places like Amazon, like places like Jumia, and, and making sure that we mm. can provide those type of products because that's what they want. And we're, so we're looking at solutions rather than pushing products. The third thing I would uh, say I, I saw in East Africa is it's really, as you mentioned, a partnership with government. And so these public partner, private partnerships, as they named them, PPP, that the, the, the government has stepped in, the insurance regulators stepped in to really drive financial inclusion and that's the word financial inclusion across their mm-hmm. countries uh, it's not just about the insurance but really just making sure that the unbanked are reached because there are so many of them mm. okay so um about the um, financial inclusion i remember having to explain a model of um alliance almost try to replicate what it did and that was um I think one of the uh, financial inclusive products was um, about joys of motherhood. It had to do with insur- um, insurance for pregnant women. And it, it looks like it was actually a very good one. I think it was in, I don't know if it was in Kenya or it was in one of those um, Cote d'Ivoire. I can't, I can't really remember the location, but okay. it just seemed like one of the products to go at the time. It was partnered with micro um, micro 
turbulent. Now, are you seeing something like that in Nigeria, judging by the fact that um, we have a lot of people that are undeserved in Nigeria and they are financially excluded? Are you are you looking at also um, maybe replicating or doing more than that for the Nigerian market? We can learn a lot uh, from other markets, uh, particularly the, the other emerging uh, markets, uh, also also more developed markets. And so it, it's really about understanding what the consumer in in Nigeria needs, what they what they want, mm. what to conserve their best interests. So we're always on the lookout, having conversations with our customers, uh, hearing uh, their responses, and 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 looking out. And that's one of the benefits of working for a global multinational like Allianz, is that. That, uh, we're very easily able to reach out to our colleagues in other countries and say, oh, this is an idea we have. Have we already done this within the group rather than having to reinvent the wheel mm. ourselves? Mm. Mm. I, I want us to step away from the insurance a bit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and say, okay, when we started off the conversation, you, you, you talked about, you know, calling yourself like that normal. I followed you a bit, right, mm-hmm. uh, on LinkedIn, and I read a lot of your your, your write-ups, and it, it, there's this joy that comes from, I mean, reading it, I can sense that you probably enjoy some of these, uh, um, you know, movements and seeing new places and things like that, but, I mean, that's what I think, to so tell me if you do enjoy it, and then how are you able to to manage all of that with, you know, creating relationships and things like that? I mean, like you mentioned again, mm-hmm. 2021 started off with the family time and which you really cherish. So. so I would say a resounding yes. I simply <laughs> love to travel. I always have. And what is moving other than extend, extended travel, right? So this is actually the opportunity to do more than um, visit all the tourist uh, attractions, but really get to know people, get to know their cultures, get to learn their languages. And so yeah, in, when I moved to Germany, I learned German. Uh, my husband is Turkish. When we moved to Turkish, I picked up some Turkish and even a bit of Swahili. So uh, it's it's really been exciting to do that. And and I I, I thank God that I'm living in in 2021 when we have technology that can support all this. Uh, when we have LinkedIn, mm. we have WhatsApp. I'm huge fans of, of both of them, of both applications. I have friends everywhere, and I do my best um, between all our busy schedules to really reach out to them. One of the civil lines with COVID is the fact that everybody was at home and it became just so easy to stay in contact with people, to have video chats, to have video coffees, to to do things that actually we could have always done because the video technology was there. We just just didn't for whatever reason. We were just busy with our with our with our own lives. And so the my, my family became closer. We have uh, in my extended family I mean so we have uh, weekly family zoom calls where we get together and and talk about our our, our week and that's been really great um my friends uh, so far if i just give you one, one a quick example i have a friend who i went to to, to college with to university with uh, a Kenyan, and he. So this was in the U.S. We fell out of touch. We were we were very peripherally on touch in LinkedIn, and then one day he noticed one mm. of the, the the posts that you're talking about, uh, Damola, and mm. he realized I, I was yeah. in Kenya, and he reached out and wow. said, "Wait a minute, I'm in Kenya too. Where are you?" <laughs> And, and it turned out that he lived on the same street that I worked and I had already been in Kenya for wow. a year and we never realized this. Wow. And we never would have realized this if it wasn't Imagine. for the benefit of technology bringing us back together. Mm. And, it, and in terms of how I'm able to do it, it's really a support system. I have a fabulous support system, uh, a mix of paid and unpaid. I have, uh, of course, uh, support at home, staff at home who who helped me out tremendously with, with the household, with the children. Children. My husband is my anchor, and and so this is what I always say: if it, once you want to really build a career, you really have to choose the first, most important decision you need to make is to, to choose the right partner who will support you in that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and mm-hmm. I, I mean that's that's like really a blessing because when I mean, judging by what we've heard over time, is that that's one thing that could either make or mar you mm-hmm. as a person. For sure. Well, off, off the record, I, I probably will come back to meet you to learn a bit of Swahili. Start <laughs> <laughs> taking the master classes from you. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
so I know that building a career as a woman can be really quite difficult, especially if you're coming from places like the Africa continent mm-hmm. and you know, as much as possible trying to get things done as a woman. Have there been challenges you've faced along the line in terms of your career um, in the various places that you've worked in terms of, you know, um, having to achieve some of these things you want to achieve and with the large number of, um, you know, gender bias that we have. It, it has been interesting to see the perception of, of women and how varied, but yet the same, it, it has been through all the countries that I've lived in. So where, whether it be the U.S. or Germany, or Turkey, Kenya, now in Nigeria, if I give you some of my background, so my, my, my parents, of course, are Nigerian, well-educated Nigerians who, as typical Nigerian parents, really impressed the importance of education education and getting ahead to all their five children. I, I'm the oldest of the five and uh, was, was a matriarch at a very young age. So I would say that I had... Mixed three of us, <laughs> Oh, by the way. wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting coincidence. <laughs> so, so that you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about when you say that. So that that already prepares yeah. you, and, 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 and so by, by na- both nature and nurture, I I've been prepared to be driven. Mm-hmm. And having grown up in the U.S. as as a black woman, a uh, black African woman, I'm used to being the only one. Uh, whether it was by race, or whether it was a culture, or mm-hmm. whether it was religion, as a Christian uh, in a, in a country of Muslims, uh, or whether it was by age, I was typically the the youngest um, in in many of the rooms or whether it was gender being being, being the only woman uh, so that's something that i've faced with and dealt with my entire career and uh, i would say that my ambition my focus my experience protected me thankfully from much of what women go through however i i am aware and i know and so my job now being where i am is to really prepare and protect other women who don't have the benefit of my background and knowledge and that that's a, a duty that i take very seriously uh it, particularly in the last couple mm-hmm. of years uh, and, and pushing ahead in terms of, of coaching uh, mentoring women around me also men mm-hmm. uh and uh, and also not only live but via podcasts such as this one uh webinars conferences mm-hmm. i i really see it as my duty to be out um, in the forefront, not because I particularly myself like to be uh, on center stage, but I but but I do understand <laughs> that other women need me to, to need to see people who look like them so that they have the confidence to get ahead mm. as well. But, and the issues are real, whether mm, whether we yeah. talk about gender pay gap, whether we talk about uh, women getting slower promotions, uh, whether we talk about uh, how most women have less support at home, at home whether they're the bread, breadwinner or not. These, these are themes that I've seen uh, across all the various countries and markets I've worked in, unfortunately. Mm, true. And, and those are some of the things that we also saw as well. We have this project that we we uh, we're working on. It's women in insurance mm-hmm. project where we, I mean, at some point in time, we we, we saw that we're speaking mostly to mm-hmm. men, and we looked around and I said, hey, actually, women are doing amazing things. We have women leading some of the major um, stakeholders in the industry. You know, CIFM, CINDG. Mm-hmm the NIA, you know, yourself coming into industry at that time, you know, as MD of Alliance Nigeria, uh, MD of Coronation Insurance today is a woman, MD of African Alliance is a woman, and MD of uh, uh, Enterprise Life is a woman. On and, and don't forget, like and don't and, forget, and, very important, the Vice President of the U.S. will also be a woman. Yes! Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We, we we got began to see all of that, and it was a conscious effort, and and we began to see as well, and engaging all of these conversations and doing some research, we saw that definitely there was a, a, a gender issue, especially in the insurance space. Uh, one of the things that we are trying to do with the project is to engage insurance professionals, female insurance professionals like yourself, like some of these people that we have spoken with. Uh, to talk about their experience and then also engage in some form of, of training and coaching uh, and uh, and support for young female professionals in the industry and even maybe in, in tertiary institutions, even secondary schools to say, hey, this is a path that you can take. Uh, this is a, a career that is worth it. These are people who are doing it. You know, so being able to bring together people like you and say, hey, come and be a part of this and come and encourage these younger people and see how we can get more people, more women involved, not just in insurance, but also 
uh, even in the top mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. as well, because uh, a lot of other the decisions that needs to be uh, taken with the woman a lot more in the conversation. So definitely be happy to to work with you in some in some form uh, on, on that project as well. Yeah, for sure. It's a passionate yeah, so, client, so yes. happy to support. Great, great. Uh, now you are leading you are, you are the captain of this uh, alliance nigeria mm-hmm. ship mm-hmm. right uh, and what should the industry be expecting from your leadership what's going to be different what are you bringing to the table what 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 should we be expecting from alliance nigeria yes so i had mentioned alliance 2.0 that that's what people should be expecting from us in the industry i am an alliancer mm-hmm. i've been at alliance almost a decade mm-hmm but I'm also very much a Nigerian. And so it's, it's this combination that I, 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 that I see is, is very powerful in terms of transforming and bringing us into the future so that we can we can leverage the the excellence that, that Alliance has built up over the, the last 130 years in 70 plus countries, bring that excellence uh, to, to this market. And in year 2148, uh, 130 years from now, I, I want to see that Alias is very much uh, a very known, a household name in Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, seen as a trusted partner by by our partners, and as employer of choice. And and this is what we are building, starting from already today. We want the Nigerian market to know that we we are there for you. Uh, one one of the things that we are working on this year is our Olympic partnership. So we just you might have seen that the Alliance has partnered with the Olympics mm, for the next mm. eight years. Super excited about yeah. that. Super excited to, to show that we can really deliver on our promise that we are behind you as our customer for what's ahead. And, and this is will be our focus for 2021 mm. and going forward. That's amazing, really. I, I must confess that um, mm. um, what you guys are doing and the Alliance 2.0, I'm, I'm super excited and I and I really hope to see you know some of these changes coming forward. But I'm talking about trust. You mentioned something about, you know, um, for partnerships to trust you, for customers as well to trust you. We know that um, there's a constant global issue with the industry and that's trust. Yes. Right, um, a lot of people are so evasive about insurance. When you talk about insurance, being mm-hmm. either trust that you don't pay claims or they just generally don't trust the brand. Mm-hmm. So, how exactly are are you looking to, you know, address that trust issues, especially when it comes to this market where we cover everything with the blood of Jesus? How, how exactly are you? Are you <laughs> Perhaps I should do the same as well. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> trust is, 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 a, is a tricky one for insurance companies and it's not uh, just the, in the Nigerian market. In, in the U.S., uh, people don't trust the insurance companies. In Turkey, they did a survey and insurance was last in, uh, out of 70 different sectors in terms of trust. And, and what we need to do to address mm-hmm. that is that we need to build. You can trust someone the more you, have, you spend time with them, right? It's like any relationship. And when you just meet someone... Mm-hmm. You, you have no basis for trust. But when you've known them for, say, 10 years, 20 years, you spend time with them, you can trust that person with your life. And it's that FaceTime that builds trust. And that's what we as insurance companies mm-hmm. haven't had in the past because you buy your motor insurance once a year and and uh, God willing, you don't have an accident. And so you don't see us again until a year later. Uh, why? What reason do you have to trust us then uh, when you see, when you meet and talk to, to, to your insurance agent once a year. What we need to do is build more interactions with our customers, more regular interactions with our customers, so that you, you really feel that we are partner in your life, that you really feel that when you have things you want to address and, and, and goals you have in the future, you have someone at your back who, who will take you there. So again, I go back to uh, Olympic slogan behind you for what's ahead. This is what we need to do and we need to make that really concrete. It can't just be words on the billboard or words at the, the, the Olympics later this year, but it has to be that we need to find ways to, to bring that message to you as our customer, as our consumer each and every day. And this is what we're working on. There's a lot of uh, mention about mm-hmm. partnerships, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you mentioned right now partnership with, uh, on the Olympics. Partnership is not, is not something that, especially from the insurance space, it's not 
something that has been so popular in this part of the world, right? Uh, especially in Nigeria. Looking at the insurtech insurance space of the world, especially from last year, partnerships, a lot of reimagining of, of distribution channels, a lot of collaborations, doing something different, really, uh, in the way we, we serve our customers. How How is Alliance approaching that whole idea of partnership? Again, like I said, it's not something popular in this part of the world. Uh, I know that recently, uh, Alliance Nigeria announced a uh, partnership with Get It Done Now platform. How how are you approaching the whole idea about partnership, especially in the Nigerian market? I, I fully agree with you that uh, partnerships are, are quite critical and it's something that Alliance as a group has found also quite critical. Uh, when you look at some of the partnerships we've done in the past, uh, Olympus, we already talked about Formula One as uh, many of the football uh, teams. Uh, when you look at the stadiums that, yeah, that we yeah, sponsor, I mean, exactly. Mm. And even in this part of the world, across Africa, uh, particularly in my, my previous role, we built partnerships. So we have a partnership with Bima, which is a, a digital microinsurance platform uh, uh, based, uh, focused mm. mainly in Africa and Asia and emerging markets. Uh, we have a partnership with Africa Re, where we have a, a financial stake in, in, in that company, in that Pan-African insurance company. Uh, we also took a small stake, stake in Safe Order, which are the, the motorcycle mm. logistics company that was based out of Uganda, coming yeah. to East Africa. We just sealed the partnership with Jubilee. So we, we do definitely believe in, in partnerships and, and you mentioned the GIDN, the Get It Done Now partnership that we just closed here in Nigeria. I do believe that we uh, need partners to collaborate to build the future we want for Africa. None of us can do it alone. Africa is too big. Uh, we have too many countries. Uh, we have uh, too many challenges we need to face and we can only do that if we partner with other companies uh, with similar mindset who are really charged and excited about changing the trajectory and the future of our continent. I mean, you've actually said um, what we we have been trying as much as possible to push to our audience that it's really important that most organizations coming up now and those that have been before, the incumbents are, are, should consider partnerships. But um, like you said, we've seen some of the things that you're doing with BIMA. At least over the time, I, I think I, 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 you followed that. And we know that it's really amazing to be able to adopt some of those things. But coming down to Nigeria, for instance, um, for insurtechs that are coming up, what do you think are the potential partnerships that you are looking at? Yeah, there's some insurtechs that we've had the opportunity to interview, to speak with uh, um, people that are doing health insurance, people that are trying as much as possible to reduce um, you know, claims fraud in the um, Nigerian space. But for insurtech businesses, what, what kind of partnerships is Alliance 2.0 looking at dealing with? So of course, we would never name specific names until things are concluded, but I would say that the, the, the type yeah. of, of partners we're looking at uh, is it, it's there's space in, in the insurance process and insurance sector for a major disruption across the entire line, whether it started at the po- at the point of uh, of sales and, and going to that moment of truth when we pay claims. Unfortunately, we, we've lagged behind, even behind the banks in terms of getting into the, the, the digital age and making sure that we automate these processes so that we can speed uh, uh, or increase the speed without losing the excellence that we deliver to our customers. And so we're looking for partners who can help us do this. Mm. Yes, we could. We, we, we have the knowledge perhaps to build it all in-house, but we don't have time to build it all in-house. Uh, if others have focused on particular points, mm. they have become the experts on how we can best digitize these points. And let's partner with those. Hi, I'm Dr. Neto, founder and CEO of Wella Health, where we're working on affordable access to healthcare using technology and alternative care pathways microinsurance being central to our work. I'm delighted to be on a chat on InsurTech Business Series where we talk about some of the stuff we're learning at Wella Health and how we can improve insurance adoption across Nigeria and Africa. Enjoy. Okay, so um, why do you think that regulation comes in all of this in terms of um, you know the regulatory body, for instance, in Nigeria? So we've always had issues 
about regulation um, being more of compliant mm-hmm. and supportive. So how, how exactly do you intend to tackle this? I'll give an instance with, um, you know, when micro insurance came into Nigeria to have, um, you know, a, a bit of a micro insurance product and distribution to all, all the staff or financial exclusive people. They were faced by a lot of challenges arising from different aspects of regulatory bodies in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of achieving that bit, so how exactly does Alliance tend to tackle that part of regulation? So we're very excited to work closely with the National Insurance Commission, uh, what we call NICOM, who is the regulator for the insurance industry in Nigeria. Uh, with the new commissioner, Senator Thomas, he's and he's been made very public the ideas he has around digitizing the space uh, in the insurance sector in Nigeria. Uh, this, this is very exciting times for us. In fact, it's perfect time. I mean, because we see that uh, NICOM will be uh, one of our key partners in in increasing financial inclusion. And the only way that you can increase financial inclusion in a country the size of ours is if we leverage technology as heavily as possible. So we're working closely with NICOM to do just that. It's great that you mentioned digitization and things like that. This has been something that has been talked about since at least mm-hmm. even before 2020 but i mean 2020 really just in, increased the volume so from your experience in other markets and then looking at what you want to achieve with alliance nigeria what does digitization and adopting technology and leveraging innovation practically mean for me it means three things and uh, so these three things are, are touching on how do we work, how do we serve our customers, and how do we use data to, to serve our customers. So when we go to how do we work, what I call the digital office, as you mentioned, before COVID-19, everybody was dragging their feet on, oh, do we allow people to work from home? Oh, we need mm. people to come in the office. Oh my gosh, I need mm. to see people to know, make sure that they're working. And all of a sudden, okay. the world had to shut its doors. The business world had to shut its doors and everybody had to work from home. And all those questions went out the window because we were all forced to realize that actually uh, we can be very efficient and work very well at home. We have the technology. Uh, we, we have the knowledge. We, we have to trust our employees to do what they're supposed to do. It doesn't matter whether they're in their office or whether at home if we don't trust them. So the, this idea of um, the way we work and the re- new reality of work is something that has come not just in the West, which is where people kept saying, oh, in the U.S. you can do something like that. In Nigeria, you can do something like that because we've been doing it for the last 10, 11 months. At Allianz, we're still working from home. And even though we've just moved locations, we see no real reason to make people suffer the the uh, traffic that would just leave them tired and cranky and not able to work their best just to get them into the office. Mm. Second thing I would say, like I said, is a, is a customer forcing us to think about if we can't be in the office, if we can't all have all our manual papers and processes in place, what do we need to change this process? What do we need to make sure that all the information is at our tips so that we can still serve customers from wherever we are? Third thing is data and, and availability around the data. Uh, so in, in the past, in some of the rules and regulations around insurance, around the financial industry in, in general, seem to force us to be very um, analog and not able to do many of the things uh, online that we would prefer to do. For example, contracts, just a, a, a simple rule that contracts have to be in hard copy, then doesn't allow you to um, automate processes like you would like. But those things are changing. COVID-19, that's a silver lining, has forced a real global rethink about how we do things and help people to realize that we are sitting in the year 2021 and there's no reason to work as if it is still 1990. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think that's well said. I couldn't agree more for what you said. And I'm, I'm really happy that um, one of the benefits that 
So that's a positives of COVID-19 was the fact that it as much as possible increased or, you know, jump-started the area of digitization. A, a lot of organizations probably had to sit up as swiftly and as quickly as possible to try and adapt to the changing times. It was disruptive, mm. in my own opinion. And and it, it, I think it was just the way to go because it didn't seem like if that didn't happen, a lot of people would um, begin to buy into the idea of technology as they did because of the pandemic and having to work from home. So I, I totally agree with you. But before we let you go, I just have one more question for you. I know that Alihant has a bit of market segment when it comes to relating to SMEs. You can correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, actually, but I've always wanted to know why um, the business is focused on you know, providing services to SMEs or MSMEs businesses as it's known nowadays. Mm-hmm. But what, what was that segment identified for specific attention and what values of product do SMEs have who have been largely understood? And they have tons of benefits from Malian. Yeah. So I, I, we talked earlier about uh, collaboration and how we need to collaborate with, with partners to build the future that we want for Africa. And, and what we need to remember and remember very clearly is that the future of Africa lies with MSMEs, right? So mm-hmm. they they form the backbone of, and when you want to move that company forward, they form the backbone. It's not the Apples and the Googles and the Jumias and the Safari comes. It's the, the mom and pop shop. It's the you know, the, the person in, in the market uh, selling their goods. It's the, uh, the the small insure tech company who is starting to build the, the, their space. And we have clear examples of that across the world. If I take Germany, the headquarters of Allianz, the Mittelstand, perhaps you heard of that. Uh, that so that, that's what Germany calls their the SME market. And, and, and many people don't realize that, uh, forget C, means forget Bosch, uh, forget Mercedes, but it's the Mittelstand that drive almost 30% of Germany's exports. And Germany is known as a, an exporting machine. And, and, and it's these, these, these smaller companies, the ones that you haven't heard about, that really drive that economy forward. And if we want to replicate the, the same in Nigeria, if we want to replicate the same across Africa, we need to, we need to create our own Mittelstand. And so this is where Allianz, as a German, Germany-based company who, who has seen uh, that, that happen over the last 130 years, wants to be there to support that same development here in Nigeria as well. Mm, that's, and I'm happy to hear about the, the, the focus on, on SMEs because, like, like Folumi said, it's been uh, excluded, so to say, uh, over the years. And there are a lot of solutions that they need that are not being offered. So it's great to see that you're entering into that space proper. So thank you. Really appreciate the time that you spent coming to speak with us today. It's been it's thank been you. it's been my pleasure. Looking forward to giving you the update on Alliance 2.0. Perhaps this yeah, time absolutely, next year. absolutely. We definitely would love to. Would would yeah, love to. Would love to hear that and then and continue the conversation because I mean that's what we want to do. Engage all of this conversation to spur action and. Alliance 2.0 really is about action, you know, just doing it. So, so thank you again for coming on. Thank you, Damola. Thank you for following me. Hi, InsureTech Business Series. Thank you for the good work that you're doing. Your podcasts are always interesting, thought-provoking, and educational. I am Ines, and I'm following you from Johannesburg, South Africa. Hello and welcome to the news update. My name is Opeolua. The headlines. Federal Government of Nigeria supports ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme. Gani Musa becomes Chairman Council of Buru ECOWAS Brown Card. Alliance begins eight-year partnership with Olympics. Now the details. Federal Government of Nigeria supports ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme. The Nigerian government has shown its full support to the full implementation of the ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme in a bid to guarantee prompt compensation to victims of road accidents within the ECOWAS member states. The Minister for Finance, Zainab Ahmed, while speaking at the inauguration of the new Chairman of Council of Buru, 
ECOWAS Brancard Insurance Scheme in Abuja noted that the existence of the scheme and its effective implementation will stimulate integration of the West African Regional Block Preparatory to the full implementation of the African Continental Free Trade Area, subscribed to by most ECOWAS country. Gani Musa becomes Chairman, Council of Buru ECOWAS Brown Card. The current chairman of the Nigerian Insurance Association, NIA, and the group managing director of Cornerstone Insurance PLC, Ganiyu Musa, has been inaugurated as the chairman of the Council of Buru, ECOWAS Brown Card, at the 37th session of the council held in Abuja. The insurance scheme will help guarantee the victims of road accidents a prompt and fair compensation of damages caused by non-resident motorists from ECOWAS member states visiting their territory. Alliance begins eight-year partnership with Olympics. Alliance has officially begun its eight-year worldwide partnership with the Olympics and Paralympic movement on the 1st of January 2021 building on a collaboration with the Paralympic movement since 2006. Chief Executive Officer of Alliance SE, Oliver Beat, said, As a supporter of the sports ecosystem and through shared core values of existence, friendship, inclusion and respect, Alliance and our 148,000 employees and 100,000 agents are excited to care and deliver for athletes, their families, and their ambitions. That's all on the news update. Over to Damola and follow me. That was an amazing conversation. It was super interesting to hear a lot of the things that are in store, you know, for her Alliance Nigeria starting off with 2021 and, and their outlook. For me, what really just stood out was, you know, their focus on on creating a lot more opportunities and solutions for some aspects of the market that have been excluded really uh, over time. Talking about the SMEs, just spoke a lot about the Alliance Group generally, you know, starting off in Germany, how they really were particular about the the small scale businesses and how they've been able to create value in that space. And they're trying to replicate all of those things, even in the Nigerian markets, you know, creating uh, a lot of solutions specifically for for SMEs who are really the, the both and not of, of the economy, right? So that was an interesting Thing to note. Yeah, um, like you, you mentioned, um, I like the fact that they're as much as possible trying to create, apart from creating micro insurance products for individuals, as they've commonly done in um, other parts of Africa, also trying as much as possible to provide a lot of um, you know, opportunities for um, um, MSMEs, which I think is really one thing to look out for. You know, as part of the SDG goals, one of the goals is, you know, to provide a um, lot of job opportunities and then, you know, reduce the poverty level. And judging by some of the, in the research that I've done over time, I've often realized that MSMEs are the ones that currently provide at least 90% of the jobs in Nigeria. So having to focus on MSMEs and providing, you know, value creating products for them, I think that would further help an alliance with the SDG goals of reducing poverty and making a lot of men and empowering a lot of men and women, which which I think that they are already unearthing all of those opportunities in that space. So yeah, for me, I, I think that's one of the major things that um, stood out. And another one would be the fact that we are partnering with um, Olympics. You know, that's one way to project or further project the image of the organization. I love anything that has to do with branding and you know being outspoken as much as possible and being out there. Those are the kind of things that you know sort of gets people's um, attention. Like if football doesn't like anything Olympics, I mean sports generally, especially football and all of that. So 
it's just um, another thing that stood out for me. Yeah, it, it's, it's great that you mentioned the, the Olympics there. I mean, there have been conversations as regards uh, if that would actually hold at the moment. But yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually hoping that it does hold because uh, with, with what uh, the world has, has, go, has been through in the past year plus, uh, we definitely need a major sporting activity like the Olympics to cheer us up, you know, to give us that sense of oneness and, and warmness and just help us to, to enjoy ourselves uh, again compared to how 2020 and 2021 so far has been with the lockdown and and things like that. Okay, before we close out, um, it's worthy of note that we are going to be having a webinar this month yeah and um as much as possible we'll be having a lot of you know top leaders within the agri space that will come and talk about agri insurance and insurance and um, insurtech in in agricultural space and um you know what how insurance impacts that space as well so i think that it's a good listen we've not really had anybody from that space um, except for kinutia the Kinesia, um come on board to talk about agricultural um, insurance. So this is, you know, one of a kind. And uh, we just thought that it was unique for people to have an understanding, especially now that agriculture is supposed to be one of the gold mines for the African country. So it, it would be nice um, for a lot of people, you, our audience, to also come on board during the webinar. It's sometimes this month we'll communicate the date. At a later time, we are still as much as possible trying to tidy up a lot of things. Speaking about the agricultural space, agric insurance space, one of the insurtechs that got funding recently was Pula. And yeah. It's just exciting to, to see that people are seeing, you know, investors are seeing you know, the value that some of these insurtechs can bring, especially on the African continent. And mm-hmm. especially looking at the agric insurance space, which is quite huge, uh, you know, a lot of things that they are doing to provide small scale farmers with the confidence that, hey, they can actually go on to do what they can do, do this thing that they can, uh, they, they, they are passionate about without fear and with the confidence that, hey, if anything happens, you know, insurance can be there to to take care of whatever um, the shortfalls, right? And it ties really to to a, a number of the SDGs. You know, uh, zero hunger, right? So, so yeah, it's we're super excited about this one. And like Volumi said, we'll share a lot more details uh, about the speakers and the dates. Uh, it's going to be virtual, so we'll definitely be happy to host everyone and we are super excited about it again we're sending our love to you because you, you know you are the real mvp always listen to our conversations and um, you are the reason why we are growing in this space so once again thank you so much as usual we're always expecting your feedback expecting a shout out and um we hope that you enjoy the rest of this beautiful week um do take care um signing off Bulumi. Yeah, Damola, thank you very much. Stay safe. It's my birth month, so uh, enjoy yourself. (laughs) It's going to be lucky. We are in a pandemic situation. Please, watch. (laughs) So, so yeah, take care of yourself. Do stay safe. Coronavirus is real.